ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, and good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. It is the Thursday, April 5th edition. It's The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Thanks for joining me. Today on the show, Matt Geica joins us from Pittsburgh Hockey Now. Big matchup coming up tonight between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So we have got Matt coming on the program here in a little bit to tell us about that. Also, we'll take your phone calls, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be a part of the program. Of course, I'm excited, man. We're uh, we got some baseball action for you tonight. Pirates are in action, taking on the Reds. We've got that for you, and that is coming up tonight. You can listen to it here, starting at 6:40 here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9:30. So we've got baseball action coming up, and I'm telling you, the weather might not agree with me, but it's definitely baseball season. So let's get let's just get into that mindset now, despite what this weather is telling you. What is going on with this today? It's just crazy. I thought the cold weather was supposed to be gone by now. Doesn't Mother Nature know? Basketball's over. We're coming outside now. We're gonna we're gonna be at the ballpark. So we're coming out for some baseball. Don't worry, you're gonna be in safe inside tonight. You're gonna be all warm. The weather's crazy though. The Blue Gold game in Morgantown getting canceled this weekend because the possibility of snow. The spring game. Your spring game is getting canceled because we're still talking about snow in April. So what's going on here? I can't answer that. If someone who has a scientific background can determine why we're going through this right now, let me know. So that's our show tonight. We're going to talk baseball. Of course, Matt Geick is going to join us. We're going to talk hockey with him. And let me tell you, I might also be talking to him about how we just got in the wrong part of sports. Did you see the 2K League draft? I'm going to say no. I'm going to bet a lot of money that you didn't watch this thing. This thing was almost like the NBA draft. It was Wednesday. Madison Square Garden. Adam Silver was there, the NBA commissioner. You had officials from the league office. You had the dynamic backdrop. You had the podium. You had a live audience. And you had commentators. It was a big deal. This is the NBA 2K League. Not the G League. This is the video game league that the NBA is getting into. And... You even had NBA analysts breaking down the draft choices. What's going on here? So the NBA is really serious in the E-Leagues. And if you're not up on this, basically this stuff has grown over the last few years. It's been out there for a while, but it's just getting bigger and bigger as far as the money involved, the people who are watching. Welcome to the new millennium, kids. If you haven't seen Ready Player One yet, your life is becoming that. A video game virtual world. It's coming that way sooner than you think. And right now, the NBA is banking on being there when it happens. Because they had a combine. They're drafting players. They're going to have multiple teams. And 
these are going to be the first players in the NBA's official sanctioned sport. They're going to sponsor teams to play competitive NBA 2K. So you're going to have 17 teams of six gamers, and they're going to compete against one another in a season, and they're going to all play NBA 2K. Remember when your mom said, hey, quit making time for video games? Quit playing video games. You're not going to be a part of it. You're not going to be part of the big world here if you're playing video games all the time. Well, guess what? Esports is a big thing now. It's been that way for a while, but it's gotten a lot bigger because of the money that's involved. The streaming numbers rival a lot of programs that you watch. I mean, the Turner Networks have an an E-League competition every Friday night. If you flip by, flip the channel, they're playing competitive fighting games. And now the NBA said, we're getting into this as well. So they're treating this like it's their fourth league. I mean, this is what Silver said. He said, we've got the NBA, the WNBA, the G League, and now this is the fourth league in our family. And that's exactly as we're treating it, one more professional league. So if you look at this, this is going to be a 12-week regular season. That's what they're going to structure this in. And, of course, they'll have playoffs as well. And Dallas Mavericks get the first pick. Mark Cuban's all about this because he's really big into the digital space. And they're understanding that, look, we're going to try to make this thing last forever, make it permanent. This isn't a one-and-done for us. They're going to look at the analytics. They're going to figure out how to make this more prosperous. They didn't get that many females to participate. And this is a sport where you not have to worry about gender because it's on the digital landscape. And they admit that, that things aren't going to be perfect in the beginning. They're, they're just going to get out there, put their flag down, plan it, and say, here we are, and just figure out how to make this bigger and better. And they're looking at broadcasting these games. The draft was on NBA TV and Twitch. And if you're not familiar with Twitch, it's a streaming platform. It's basically where your kid goes and plays his video games and he streams it to the world on Twitch. Think of it as YouTube for video games. And there are people making lots of money. There are people on there streaming the video games, making more money than you right now. And you want to really think about what you're doing as a career? First and foremost, how much money do you make? Well, if you were a draft pick here, players who were selected had set salaries over the course of six-month contracts. Six-month contracts, that's the duration of the initial season. 35000 for the 17 players taken in the first round, 32000 for those drafted afterwards. They're getting housing. They're getting health care. That's going to be provided for them. The league's paying for all this. The team's not paying anything. They're going to go live in the cities of their new team soon as tomorrow. Players are going to live there with their teammates. They're going to be flown, though, to a centralized location for each week's games. I haven't got that word yet. So they're all going to Thunderdome. They're going to compete for prizes and glory in Thunderdome is probably what's going to happen. Can't trade players, though. That's the one thing. So if your team's not doing well, you can't go trade. But they're going to view this, the NBA, they're going to develop this and view it as just another league now in the portfolio. 
you're thinking to yourself, hey, that's pretty good, right? That's pretty good. That's a lot of salary there for six months. There was a three-month process. Start in January. 72,000 people won at least 50 Pro-Am games to qualify for what was the next phase. And the league thought, oh, we'll get 10, 15,000 qualifiers. No, 72,000 qualifiers. And then those 72,000 spent the entire month of February. They had what was considered to be a combine, and they had a version of the game that's configured for what they're going to do. They're tracking player metrics, and they figured out 250 players that were the players they were going to draft. They had to go through interviews as well, application, background check, just to be among the final number, 102 players. And of those 102 players, eight came from outside the United States, five from Canada, two from the United Kingdom, and one from Germany. And unfortunately, as I mentioned, none of them were women. And there was only one female among the 250 finalists. So they're going to try to figure out how to make that. But you're getting paid. Six months, you're playing a video game. You're getting free housing, free health care, part of your benefit package, and you're getting to play video games. That's, um, that's a pretty good deal there. We'll touch more on this because, uh, well, let's be honest, this stuff isn't going away. When we come back from break, we're going to switch our gears to the National Hockey League. Matt Geico is going to join us from Pittsburgh Hockey Now. He's going to tell us all about the Penguins and the Blue Jackets. Big matchup tonight in the National Hockey League. We'll get his thoughts on that. He can tell us more about the new website that he's working for, co-founded as well, Pittsburgh Hockey Now. And that's coming up next here on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday edition. I'm Paul Swan. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We turn our attention now to the world of hockey. Big one tonight between the Blue Jackets and the Pittsburgh Penguins. I like hockey for a simple reason that it's one of the best sports you can watch. And if players don't like each other, you get to find out about it real quick on the ice. And now joining us on the program, he's got a new gig. He's going to tell you all about that. He's Matt Geica from Pittsburgh Hockey Now. First of all, Matt, new new digs for you, new place to hang out and everything. Tell me about it. Yeah, and thanks for having me on again. Good to be back with you there in Huntington. It's uh, it takes some getting used to. I was with DK Pittsburgh Sports for about three years, but branched out about a couple of months ago with a friend of mine, and we uh, co-own a website like you mentioned called Pittsburgh Hockey Now, mostly Penguins coverage, but a good dash of NHL in general thrown in there, and uh, some other local stories, and also covering the Pirates for Pirates prospects too. So I'll be just as busy, except uh, with a couple of different addresses where you can find my work. Now, do you have the crazy subscription package like you used to? Uh, is it like $0.99 cents still to get all your work? How's that work? Well, what we do have is uh, through the folks at Patreon, we have a $3 monthly subscription. But a lot of the work is actually free. So you can check that out, get a good sampling of it at PittsburghHockeyNow.com and see if you'd like to join our uh, our patrons 
our group of patrons. I suppose it's Masters Week, so we can throw that word out there a lot. And, uh, well, we'd, we'd love to have you, and we're also uh, looking forward to expanding those subscription packages. But just our second month of the, the sub-plan, so we're taking it slow and seeing how things go with it. Yeah, you picked a good time to be um, branching out because uh, the Penguins are hotter than ever, and tonight this is probably going to be the most watched regular season game in a long time for Blue Jackets fans and Penguins fans as well because this means so much between these two teams. It's going to be significant the winner of this one really gets a leg up on the other team. Well, yeah, they're dead even, 96 points apiece, second place in the Metro Division. The Jackets are 13-1-1, just one regulation loss since March 7th. So they've been red hot. The Penguins have been going back and forth. They've, in, in some ways, outperformed how they've actually looked on the ice, in my opinion. They've gotten some wins in overtime and, and one or two in the shootout since the new year that have really helped them out. But um, I do want to stress that I think they're playing well enough, and I think they will be able to turn that uh, playoff mode on once the, the postseason gets going. But when you've won back-to-back titles, uh, you have less to prove in the regular season. They're not like the Blue Jackets, and the Jackets still have a lot to prove. And I know this group has made the postseason a couple of times, but they haven't advanced past the first round, and they haven't gotten past the Penguins. So uh, if the Jackets get at least a point out of tonight's game, they'll clinch a playoff spot. The Penguins already have a playoff spot and they have against Columbus, but if the Penguins win, they'll clinch home ice advantage against whoever they play in the first round. And it's not guaranteed to be Columbus. It's about a 50-50 shot that it will be, but you also have the Flyers in there. You have the Devils. So um, all those four teams are jockeying for position behind the Capitals in the Metro Division. And, and really, uh, when you look at the Penguins, they could actually play one of six teams, um, depending on how they finish in the final two games. So so much to be determined, then we get a playoff preview perhaps tonight. My guy got our guest from Pittsburgh Hockey Now, and the Penguins and Capitals pretty much have been the class, along with the Blue Jack as well, the class act of the Metropolitan Division. Uh, Capitals, of course, uh, on um, you know, a little bit better run right now. Um, not by much, but still, it's always the Capitals and Penguins as of late. Is this a Penguins team you think is built for the playoffs? Can they make a run? I know reading some of your stuff, there's been discussion about how many goaltenders they're taking into the postseason. and It seems like this team, when it gets close to playoff time, is always ready. Well, goaltending is a part of it. Matt Murray has won a couple of cups last year, a big assist for Marc-Andre Fleury, of course. But at age 23, Murray has two rings, and there aren't many goaltenders in the history of this game who have Hold that off. So you got to give him that, even though it's been an up and down regular season for him. Actually, more down than up. But he lost his father in the middle of the year, and I'm willing to give him a pass. Is what I'm basically saying here. Uh, what we know about him in the pressure spots, and what we know about this team in the pressure spots, gives me encouragement. And the, the team, I think, has been frustrated for a lot of the year, and I've been in that locker room many times this season after some disappointing performances and a lot of shaking of heads and wondering why they couldn't summon up the focus and the, the ability to, to play the way they know how. But uh, like I said to your previous question, it's a challenge to, uh, to find that postseason mentality when you know you don't absolutely need it. Now, the Penguins were in danger of missing the playoffs about halfway through the season, so they got it going at that point. And ever since they have essentially locked it up, they, uh, they have been cruising a little bit again. So it's almost human nature is hurting them, but 
I expect a lot out of them tonight, like we saw against New Jersey last week and another game against the team that is trying to catch the pens in the Metro and, and prove themselves. And they still have the stars. They still have Crosby and Malkin and Kessel all in the NHL's top 20 in scoring. Kessel in particular has taken a big step forward. They still have Chris Letang, who they didn't have last playoffs. He missed the entire springtime with, with neck surgery. He hasn't been at the top of his game, but I'd rather have him than not have him. So you look at all the, the major positions on the ice, yes, some of the supporting characters have changed, and there, there's been a little bit of turnover, as you always see in pro sports. However, this is a big game group, and we've seen it time and time again over the past two years. Why is there such a hatred between these two, these two particular teams with Columbus? Maybe are they the fill-in for for Cleveland when it comes to that Ohio Pennsylvania thing that goes on <laughs> in football? Might be a little bit of that. I wouldn't rule that out, but it's Big Brother, Little Brother for me. And the Jackets, I think Jackets fans and the team themselves consider it more of a rivalry than the Penguins and their fans do. And you see this in sports where the more established team always feels like it the up-and-comers aren't at their level, at least not quite yet. Maybe if the Blue Jackets beat the Penguins in the playoffs or go further than the Penguins in this playoffs, they'll be more of a of an even keel like we see with Pittsburgh-Philadelphia. That's hatred on both sides, no doubt. But I believe with the playoff matchups we've seen, that helps too. Uh, two of the last four years they've played, and we're looking at maybe three out of five. Like I said, it's a good shot. We do see that. Uh, that's what the NHL wanted when they established this divisional playoff format five years ago. So if there is one positive from the Penguins' perspective in that, it's that they have created this nice feud here with Columbus. Uh, overall, though, Columbus plays a pretty physical game, too, and they're always trying to get under the Penguins' skin. So it may not be as intense if you're just trying to skate with the Penguins, but the Jackets always to try to upset the apple cart and you know what also helps, too, is John Tortorella, the, the Penguins' old friend from his days with the Rangers. Uh, Torts has said some nasty things about the Pens over the years, and he's a little bit more mellow in his older age with Columbus. It feels like he's changed a bit, but he's still that classic villain that Penguins and Pittsburgh fans love to hate behind the bench. See, you had to go mention Tort. I miss him because look where my Rangers are at. Just look. You know. <laughs> you know where they're at. Well, Vigneault took him to the one-cup final, but yeah, right, they're rebuilding now. That's all over with. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a rebuilding phase for them. Are you surprised the, the way this uh, division has uh, shook out over the last few years? Uh, you see the Flyers in the middle. But, you know, you've got the Devils, the Blue Jackets, Penguins, Capitals on top of the, of the Metropolitan Division, Bruins, Maple Leaves. I mean, the Panthers are up there in the Atlantic that throw the lightning in. I mean, we've got a, a situation where we're not going to have Detroit in the in the postseason. We're not going to have um, – I mean, I'm looking here, just scratching my head, Canadians aren't going to be back as well. Um, it's a situation where some of the, the more established teams are not making the runs they used to. I mean, the Blackhawks are the bottom of the Central, but yet the Golden Knights, the expansion team, one of the best <laughs> teams in hockey right now and one of the best logos as well. I agree on all counts. What you're seeing is the result of a salary cap league, a hard cap league. It's different from basketball in that way even, where you can have some exceptions to keep your better players. And maybe the NHL goes to that in the future, but as of right now, you're going to see teams bounce in and out of the postseason, more so than you did back when, say, your Rangers or the Red Wings could outspend everybody. And that was back when the Penguins were really struggling to even stay relevant. 
in the league was right before the establishment of the cap. So overall, it's been good for the league, but it does lead to some interesting results. And when you look at Detroit, for instance, 25 straight years in the playoffs, eventually you're going to fall off. I don't care how good of scouting you have at your disposal. I don't care how many stars you may have once had. It's going to be very difficult to maintain that. And Montreal, one of the few times that uh, they've really been down over the past five or six or seven decades even. So you could just be seeing a, a natural evening out. And the Lightning, I think we all saw them coming after their trip to the Cup Final a few years ago, then last year missing the playoffs altogether. So I'm not surprised to see them. I am maybe shocked is a strong word, but I'm surprised to see Boston as good as they are, challenging for the top overall spot in the NHL when they've handed the keys over to so many youngsters. They've followed the Penguins' path, so many college-trained players that have come to line up for them. But overall, the story of the season, as you said, Paul, it's the Golden Knights, an expansion team winning the division. This is unprecedented in modern pro sports in North America. And uh, there's some part of it that's a mystery to me, but other parts, uh, you, you look at players like uh, Jonathan Marcheseau and James Neal and Riley Smith, uh, they've all scored before. They've all had big seasons before, and they're doing it with Vegas. But you have players like former Blue Jacket William Carlson, who's scored over 40 this year. He was on the third line for the Blue Jackets last season. Um, I'm sure a lot of people in Columbus are wondering where the heck that was last year. Uh, so you have some surprises, and uh, you have a, a cohesive unit, though, that, that's playing for Gerard Gallant out there. And they're playing the style that's in vogue in hockey right now, and that's quick. Uh, that's moving the puck up and uh, not taking your time at all out there. It, it's about pace. And give credit to George McPhee, the GM. He's authored one of the more impressive uh, management, uh, I guess, uh, accomplishments in, in all the pro sports that I've seen since I've been following it. Yeah, and on top of that, Pacific is not a pushover division. I mean, San Jose, no, Anaheim, Los Angeles – and I'm surprised that Edmonton didn't do as uh, well as I would hope they would have done. But still, Pacific's really tough. And there's Vegas on top of that. And then, you know, there's the Central with Nashville. They're still rocking and rolling. And it seems like the expansion teams over the years have figured it out. Additional teams maybe are still lagging behind a little bit. Nashville, maybe the best team in hockey. Yeah, I can't believe I skipped right over them. Winnipeg Jets, former Thrashers, they finally got it together, too. Um, so it, it, it really is about asset management. And, um, yes, losing and tanking, if you want to call it that, can help get you the stars, but you have to surround the stars with commensurate talent. We saw it in Pittsburgh over the years. They were putting together great regular seasons, or at least good regular seasons, but couldn't go deep in the playoffs because once the playoffs start, opponents can scout better, they can key on your top guns. Um, so the regular season – yeah, it can be dictated a lot from the talent at the top, and, and the Predators have plenty of it. Sort of those teams you mentioned in the Pacific. Uh, outside of Edmonton, that's a real shocker to see them drop out. But now is the time of the year where the game changes a bit and uh, coaching really comes to the forefront. And maybe your death players come in, too, and you find those unexpected heroes that make sports so interesting to follow um, when the stakes are at their highest. And in a sport like hockey, too, where the Stars only play about a third to a half of the game, then there is more opportunity for those kinds of surprises. But as for right now, I would just like to appreciate the Knights, the, the, the Predators, the Lightning, and the Bruins. And uh, to be honest, the Capitals, too, they surprised me. I thought they would 
have dropped down a little bit. I thought the division was the Penguins to win at the midpoint this year, and they just keep grinding out the results, including a win Sunday at Pittsburgh. So uh, that could have been a playoff preview as well. Still possible the Pens see them again. Matt Geico is joining us from Pittsburgh Hockey. Now the Penguins and the Blue Jackets, probably one of the most important regular season matchup. And I'm building it up. I know I am. I'm building it up. It's a big one. I mean, it's probably not the most important regular season game, but, yeah, I'm going to say Between it is. these two teams, I think it probably is. If you look at the situation, the Jackets don't even have that playoff spot locked up. Yeah, it's probable. And uh, the Penguins are looking for an excuse to get fired up. And home ice, you could argue it would mean more to them than it would to most teams because their results, home versus road, the past two years in the regular season – have been so disparate. Now, in the playoffs, they've gotten it done on the road, so maybe you throw all that out. I'm more inclined to, to say that. Uh, but uh, when you have a, a team like the Penguins, you could be looking at a sleeping giant, just willing to, uh, I don't want to call it eek by, but they cruised a bit in the regular season. But now when you poke them, when you get them going in the, the biggest time of the year, I still think they have a lot left to make a historic run at a uh, three-peat. We haven't seen that since the... 1980 through 83, New York Islanders won four in a row. So there's a lot on the line. Uh, Legacies on the line. Crosby and Malkin, if they get their fourth cup together, that would uh, put them past Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves in Chicago. That'd put them up with anybody in NHL history, um, at least the the post-expansion era. So uh, don't let the the, uh, the situation fool you. It's not all gravy for everybody involving the Penguins. There's still a lot on the line here for them. You know, we really haven't talked about the Ovechkin much. Well, no, and he's lurking, too, a guy who's never even made the third round of the playoffs. And I'm sure there are a lot of folks in the sport who say, enough of the Penguins, right? Let's, let's see Ovechkin, one of the generational talents up there with Crosby and McDavid. Let's see him make a deep run. And if, uh, if I weren't in Pittsburgh, I, I think I'd be hearing a lot more of that. Of course, up here, nobody cares about that. They don't want to see that. They want to see uh, Alex with another early springtime and hitting the golf course in May. So uh, you have to figure, though, eventually, Paul, they keep knocking on the door. The Capitals are in it every year. Is this finally the year? Hey, why not? They're in a great spot. They're going to have home ice. Uh, they're the top seed in the Metro Division. My guy is our guest from Pittsburgh Hockey now. So what's been the buzz? I, I know we're talking baseball season starting to heat up here, and I'll get your thoughts on that in a minute. But what's the buzz here right now? People fired up for another Stanley Cup run, or is there attention divided between hockey and baseball now? Uh, no, the Pirates are so far down most people's list at the moment because of the offseason they have. Many people think that they're not operating in good faith, and we could dispute that all we want, but you look at the Major League payroll, you look at no Major League free agents signed over the offseason, so uh, the Pirates are going to have a hard time. And uh, <laughs> once the playoffs get going here, it'll be Penguins all the time, and most Penguins fans have been ready for this for months. But the effect that I described about the regular season losing its significance when you're a player and you've gone to the mountaintop two years in a row, I I think we've seen the same thing with the fan base. It's been tough to uh, even inspire an emotional reaction from them, good or bad, at certain points of the year, and they're just ready to go. They want to get back to it. They want to put the gold shirts on. Uh, They want to wave the, the gold towels at PPG Paints Arena, and they want to cheer for a team playing with real stakes. And when you're the Penguins, the only games that feel like they're important are in the spring. So we're almost there, and 
I think a lot of Penguins fans are actually looking forward to tonight's game to see how they respond to what's going to be a rabid crowd in Columbus at Nationwide Arena. I experienced it last year. One of my uh, most favorite experiences, games three and four, last season in the first round, the Jackets fans are hungry. They are, they are impressive, and that building gets loud, one of the loudest venues I've ever been in. Matt Geica is our guest, Pittsburgh Hockey Now. So you've been two months underway with this. You mentioned some baseball coverage as well. So what's been the, uh, what's been the, the positive reaction here? Uh, a lot of people just eating this up more hockey than ever before for them? Well, yeah, it's prime time for hockey in, in the history of this city. Yes, the Penguins won the Cup in 91 and 92, but people just can't get enough of this group. And, hey, why not? This is like the Super Steelers of the 70s. They've now won three times in seven years, or uh, pardon, three times in eight years, actually. You'll recall the Steelers won uh, back-to-back twice in the 70s, so it has that similar feel. And this feels like a team, this is a team, that – people are going to be talking about for generations to come. So the desire is to see how far they can go. And uh, when you have two stars, like legit superstars, and Sidney Crosby and Yevgeny Malkin, it makes it all the easier to follow and to uh, to fall in love with this team. So it's got it all going for it right now. But um, I, I still do enjoy covering the, the baseball, and I've gotten some good response from folks who wanted to see me still reporting on the Pirates, and I'm happy to do that. I grew up with the Pirates. I still love baseball, and and uh, I still want to see this city have something legit to cheer for at PNC Park again. It was a nice three years, but now two consecutive ones out of the playoffs. So um, I will be curious if the Pirates, they're off to a 4-1 four four start, if, if the Pirates can at least stay relevant in the, in the wild card in the playoff race. Once the Penguins are done, uh, how much interest does flow over there? I think it's going to take a lot. And I think it might even take a big trade to get people to uh, to pay attention to the baseball team again. Because right now it's Penguins right there with the Steelers, and then the Pirates are, are way down, way down the list. They are, um, for most people, they've checked out unless they, they do something really interesting or make a, a serious run at a division title. Say so they win the series against the Reds. That fire them back up. <laughs> Three out of four against the Reds would be nice, but I still think it's just a diehard to take notice of that. And I was just down at PNC Park last night. What a brutal night for baseball. I can't believe anyone showed up in those conditions. You probably saw all the snow blowing around and Fernando Rodney trying to, to eat a couple of snowflakes there on the on the mound in the ninth inning. Uh, they suffered their first loss of the year, but uh, I think all of us, are uh, impressed with what they've done in the opening week, at least. It was looking like uh, it's definitely a show-me year. I'll, I'll put that. I'll put it that way for the Pirates because of uh, the turnover they've had and the way they've handed the keys to so many of the young players. My guy is our guest. It's Pittsburgh Hockey Now. You can go to the website and you can find out more about how to subscribe. $3 a month for the Pittsburgh Hockey Now extra content. But I'm sitting here thinking, Wow, look at all the free stuff, and I'm not kidding. There is so much on the free side of this already. You've got notebooks, stories, podcasts, not in one podcast, podcasts, multiple. You're going to put me out of a job here soon, Matt. <laughs> well, I hope not to take up too much of your time, Paul, but thanks again for, for spreading the word on this. And like I said at the start, well, we're trying to establish some brand equity here and, and get some recognition in the market. We've 
appeared on WPXI-TV multiple times, myself and my co-owner, Dan Kingersky. That's the local NBC affiliate that carries all the uh, the Penguins' playoff games once they get to a certain point. So that's been nice. Uh, I've gotten a lot of support from my friends in the business up here. And, yeah, time to go out on my own or at least with a partner. And it's been enjoyable to carve out another spot and to take what I learned at previous uh, stops along the way and put it to work here. Well, it's definitely hockey time, so we'll have you back on soon. And uh, we encourage anyone who's a hockey fan, check it out, Pittsburgh Hockey Now. And uh, you can subscribe to the extra content for just $3, but definitely check it out. Matt, good catching up with you. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, no doubt. And go herd. What a run in the basketball tournament. I, they made me pay attention to the NCAA basketball tournament, so they did a lot. Yeah. Wasn't that fun? And then one shining moment, they had like at least five clips in one shining moment. I counted. Oh, yeah. They're, they're loving the herd now. Uh, just give us a couple more years here. And I, I've really enjoyed the Dan D'Antoni era. He has brought an irreverence to, uh, to the, the coaching profession that I find very refreshing, in addition to his success, of course, on the court. He's Matt Geica. DK Pittsburgh Sports was his previous home. He's now moved over to Pittsburgh Hockey now, so check him out. Matt, good talking to you. We'll do it again soon. All right. Good night. That is Matt Geica. Again, the website, Pittsburgh Hockey Now. We will come back with your phone calls. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good catching up with Matt Geica from Pittsburgh Hockey Now. Hockey playoffs are about ready to begin. i got to find a team. i got to find a team. I mean, I can pull for Pittsburgh. I can do that. But I've got Tampa Bay to choose from on the Atlantic. i got Toronto. I don't know if I'm doing that. Western Conference, well, I can pull for Vegas. I think Vegas is going to be my Pacific team. See, my problem is I like all the teams in the Pacific. I like Vegas and San Jose and Anaheim and L.A. And I like Edmonton. I like Vancouver. Vancouver and Edmonton, of course, won't be participating this year. I like all the West Coast teams. That's my problem. And i got to pick somebody here. Maybe I'll just go with the new kid. I'm going to go with Vegas, the new kid, root for them, jump on that bandwagon. That'll be my team in the postseason. But i, I got to apply the Gretzky rule. So if I apply the Gretzky rule, that means Los Angeles in the Pacific, nobody in the Central, nobody in the Atlantic, and then there will not be anybody in the Metropolitan. So if I'm applying just the Gretzky rule, I'm rooting for Los Angeles. If you don't know what the Gretzky rule is, is, wherever he played, I will root for your team just because he played there. And again, I tell people, hey, root for a team, not a player, unless you just have to, because that's what I did. I rooted for a player instead of a team. And when he was traded, I was traded as a fan. It's like my fandom, I just uprooted it and planted it in the new city. It doesn't work that way for a lot of people. I mean, I guess you can get away with it if you're – a fan of hockey, a fan of basketball, football, pro, and you're not in that city, I guess maybe you can get away with that a little bit. But don't do that. I'm just telling you right now, it's a public service announcement. We're going to take our final break. Uh, We went a little long with Matt, so we'll take our final break, come back, 
and we'll carry on. This is The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Thursday edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. It's been a good show. We appreciate you checking in with us uh, today. Get you caught up on what's happening uh, across the landscape when it comes to the Thundering Herd. First of all, uh, congratulations. Uh, we haven't had much really positive that we can say about Marshall Tennis this year. Very rare season for them. Injuries have hurt them, but they're still getting some really good play. And you got to give hats off to Stephanie Smith, named Conference USA Women's Tennis Player of the Week. She went 3-0 and uh, in the Herds Mountain State doubleheader over the weekend. She only dropped one game over two singles matches, opening her weekend with a 6-1 and a 6-0 straight sets win over uh, Christina Jordan of West Virginia. Then she followed that performance with a 6-0, 6-0 win over the reigning two-time Mountain East Conference as a Division II League Player of the Year, Laura Isby, out of West Virginia State. She also worked with her partner, fellow senior Maddie Silver, they defeated the Mountain East top doubles pair and her only completed doubles match. Of course, again, this team's very shorthanded right now, not winning the way they like to or are used to. But you got to give hats off to uh, everyone who is uh, on that team, really not quitting. And you'd like to see a better team around Stephanie Smith. She's playing some great tennis, unfortunately. That's just not the case. Uh, coming up on the calendar tomorrow, Thundering Herd will be at Middle Tennessee. They will take on the Blue Raiders in baseball. Saturday, baseball as well. You've got the Thundering Herd softball team on Saturday. They're going to be at UTSA. We'll track and field action for the women. They're going to be at the Cherry Blossom Invitational. And women's tennis going to be at Middle Tennessee as well. So you're hoping for a lot of herd action and herd victories over Middle Tennessee. Same thing for Sunday, softball at UTSA. Middle Tennessee will be where the baseball team is on Sunday as well. So that's a, that's a series you hope goes the way of the Thundering Herd. Need some wins in baseball. That's You can't say anything else other than need some wins right now. Need some wins. Get them in a position where they could make a – appearance in the Conference USA tournament, that would be a good victory for this right now because overall they're 11-13. and 13. They're only 1-7 in conference, though. That's what's hurting them. And you look at the rest of the schedule, they have the Middle Tennessee series, and then they've got the Virginia Tech game on the 10th. They're going to be right back at it on the 11th in Charleston. We'll have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Then hit the road against Western Kentucky. Need some wins there. Then out of conference, taking on Ohio. Always fun. They're doing that uh, in two days, one in Huntington, one in Athens. Then conference action Against Louisiana Tech, that's going to be played in Beckley because Beckley's uh, been always good to the Thundering Herd, so you always want to play at least a series there. 
Then you've got the West Virginia game in Charleston on the 24th. So with that game, you're hoping that the Thundering Herd can at least get one of those for a little pride because they're going to face them again in Morgantown. But they're running out of opportunities to get some conference wins. They've got Florida International on the road. That's going to be tough. Old Dominion's going to be in Charleston. Uh, ETSU is going to be in Charleston. Then they will head out to Charlotte to take on Charlotte. Then they've got the game in Morgantown a couple days later after that series ends, and then they wrap it up uh, in Beckley against Southern Miss. And if they get enough wins and qualify, Conference USA Tournament in Biloxi, if they can qualify, I think that would be a victory for them. Because you don't feel optimistic right now. As a fan, you see 1-7, they're 11-13 overall. The way that they have been playing – uh, they got some offense going in that loss against Moorhead State. They lose that one 14-11, so they got some offense going. You would like to have a little bit more of that offense in that Florida Atlantic loss where they lost 17-3. you you got to feel for these guys. I mean, Florida Atlantic is a good team, but you got to feel for these guys. I mean, you're competitive with them, 3-2, 8-6, both losses, but competitive. And then 17-3. Just showing that your depth hurting a little bit and Florida Atlantic's isn't. And then you at least, again, good showing against Moorhead. You lose it, but it's still a good showing. So let's see what this team can do when they're on the road against Middle Tennessee. And that uh, will be an interesting series, I think. It's going to, I think, set the tone here for the next uh, few weeks. You hope you can get some wins there. And then maybe you can get a win against Virginia Tech. You'd like to get them both, but maybe you can get a victory against Virginia Tech in one of those and feel good as you move your way through what's left of the Conference USA schedule. And, of course, we'll have all those games from Charleston again, I want to remind you, on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So baseball is what we got right now. Some of the other sports, as far as uh, softball is concerned, I think they're going to be still a, uh, a team that's going to make the Conference USA tournament and once they get into the tournament, we'll see what they can do. But other than that, tennis, softball, baseball, got a little golf. Don't forget, there's some golf action coming up as well. That's what we got right now. And, of course, spring football. Thundering Herd right now still in practice mode over on campus. So this is part of their Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday schedule practicing on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They'll do that from 3 to 6 and then on Saturdays in the morning. And, of course, with hopefully not a canceled spring game, unlike the one in Morgantown where they're shutting that down due to weather. That's not a bad idea, though. Weather's not going to be all that great. Guess what? What more can you get out of that? You can get some injuries. That's what you can get. That's that's what you'll get. You'll get some injuries. That's one more opportunity for teams to find some of their players injured. So they can avoid that all the better. I mean, really, that's why you look at these practices, the scrimmage, the green-white game. It's a scrimmage, but it's not really. It's, it's controlled. You're not going to have just two teams out there going at it. 
you know, this is to benefit the coaches. They can get some more information, get some more through uh, their team as far as, hey, here are the situations you need to learn about, repetition, things like that. It's a night game. So I'm not surprised they canceled that in Morgantown. I know a lot of fans are disappointed. We'll have to wait a few more months to get a really good shot at seeing what the Mountaineers can do. I just don't think these games you're going to get that much anyway out of the one in Morgantown here and the one in Huntington. But it's a fun excuse. It's a good time to get together. I'm okay with it. And with that said, this is going to do it for today's edition. We call it The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. That's going to do it. Back tomorrow to do it all over again. Until then, good night. Station.